from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. Hey, you're just tuning in. Call us right now, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, Career Talk is live. And we're taking your calls all hour, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And in studio today, we have Michelle and Danielle, who's standing in for Dion, which means you better get ready for that pre-break quiz because it's coming your way first, Danielle. I can only hope to channel Dion's inner whatever. Inner wisdom. Inner wisdom. Inner we'll wisdom. call it that. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> so you're just tuning in. You're on Career Talk, and it's Listener's Choice today. We're going to be talking about your biggest career dilemmas, and we'd love to hear from you, your advice, your tips, or your questions all hour long. You can also follow us on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham. And to help us with this topic today, we welcome Mike Minoski. He's a listener favorite. He's been on the show before, and he is a recruiting and talent acquisition leader in Silicon Valley who's hired over a 1,000 people certified by the International Coaching Federation. Mike leads career search programs at Wharton San Francisco. And today he's here to answer your toughest career dilemmas. It's Listener's Choice Thursday, and the phone lines are open, 844-942-7866. Welcome back to the show, Mike. Dawn, it's great to reconnect. Thank you. Yeah, it's always great to have you on the show because you just have such a wealth of knowledge having, you know, and being in the job search and talent acquisition space all day long. You're you're constantly seeing this um, day in and day out. So are there any interesting trends going on in the Silicon Valley area? You know, I think the trends here are, are pretty much everywhere right now, which is it's gotten incredibly easy to apply for a job. You know, literally, it's a couple clicks to do it. The the automation of applying has gotten, you know, dirt easy. The challenge is what's happening in the back office with the recruiting teams and all that, they're swamped. And the result is that you're having this effect, and I'm hearing it from, you know, both people that I work with on the recruiting side and also on the coaching side, the career coaching side, um, People, there's dead air. People are just not hearing stuff back. So I think that's one of the trends of starting to set expectations as a candidate, I think, is one of the, one of the elements that I've been doing a lot of work, particularly on my coaching side, about is when you apply for something or when you're talking with somebody, set timelines. Um, I think that's one of, the, one of the key trends. The other one is people are making really interesting moves career-wise. Say more. We love that. Yeah. I, I think that um, – if people are positioning themselves well, and that's the art of this, and I, you know this, you know better than anybody, is you can make you can make career transitions and you can make significant ones, but the trick in all that is, can you demonstrate an understanding that you know what the challenge that the company has, and that you know how to solve it, or you know how to solve the vast majority of it? I think that's a big trend now is getting away from the idea of, you know what, I want a job and stepping back and going, okay, so what's the challenge? Really start focusing on that more because that's how you're going to become invaluable. Yeah, it's such an interesting dilemma because, um, of course, when I ask you that question, what's new in Silicon Valley, I had no idea what you were going to say. This is this is kind of the first time we've <laughs> I, talked in a while. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I appreciated the confidence. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I have tons of confidence in you. You are you are the man, Mike. I, you know what you say is, is happening. Um, so, But I, I love what you said because it's such a dichotomy between you know, all these companies are putting together systems and, and you know artificial intelligence and all this mm-hmm. This stuff to make it easier for candidates to apply, which then leads to massive amounts of commun- or candidates getting into these systems and into in front of recruiters, but they don't have the people who can actually go through those things. So how do you stand out and how do you differentiate yourself, especially if you're a switcher, which, yep. you know, is somebody who wants to make a move to a different function or a different industry, because the logic would say, and this is what's happening, is that these AI systems are 
creating a, a bias in which they're saying, hey, I'm looking for these candidates. I know I'm going to get hundreds more because I, I have this new system, but I have to find a way to weed them out. And the way I'm going to weed them out is looking for the traditional skills. Right. Right. And it's interesting. I spent an afternoon. I, I won't name the company, but it's it's um, it's one of the top companies out here. It's a worldwide brand. And a bunch of the people that work there used to work for me. So I went in and spent the afternoon with the recruiting team. And I'll, I'll give you some numbers. This company spends in excess of $20 million a year on recruiting. They get about 20 million resumes a year, applications. Um, when I asked them to tell me the difference between their processes, the one of the key leaders in there is a, he and I worked together for years, and he literally, he's a former engineer, mapped it out. If you apply through their system, a human being doesn't really touch it until, you know, it's, it aligns based on their algorithms with the roles. You put that against how they handle internal referrals, and it's human touch, human touch, human touch all the way through. Um, that is key. And, you know, we've always said, well, you know, get, a, get in there, get a referral. This was a flow chart. I actually have this flow chart of the differences, and it's night and day. So the first thing to do is, you know, go human. <laughs> don't, don't uh, it's okay to apply. I, I, I recommend this a lot. But, you know, go find somebody in the organization that you know, a friend of a friend. Um, I know your head is nodding. I can, I can literally hear your head nodding. But um, <laughs> I have a flow chart. There's from... a lot of loose stuff in there. That's why, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean is, is these guys actually flow charted this, that the difference is just striking. I, I agree. And this is why I wrote the, the book, Switchers. I'm yep. going to give a quick plug only because it, it totally relates to what we're talking about. What I've seen is this exact process. People want to get these job changes. They're following the rules. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Oh, they told me to click these three things and apply, but they're not right. getting to humans. And it's because they are getting weeded out by these systems that do have bias because guess what? They're programmed by humans and humans yeah. are biased. So if you are a switcher, and you want to make this change, you have got to get into that referral system. You've got to get into that in-group and, you know, it, it, you know friend of a friend, it, you know, make new friends. It, there's a lot of strategies. And I put these all in my books, which is how smart professionals change yep. careers and see success because I want to see people in these new jobs and companies are open to it. They're so open to it. Hiring managers are open to it, but they're not seeing these candidates, which is the problem. You're not getting to the human eyes. If you can get to the human eyes, you've got a pretty good shot. <laughs> um, but that's that's the problem. You're listening to Career Talk, Series XM, Channel 111. We're taking your calls right now, 844 844- Wharton, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Mike Minoski, who is a listener favorite. He is a Silicon Valley headhunter. He's hired over a thousand people. Um, and with experience like that, you wanna you wanna get online right now and ask this man some questions about your job search. And we're gonna go to Jen in Texas. Jen, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Um, I have called you before. Um, welcome back. Thank you. About a year ago or so, um, about chronic illness and how to prepare in case I ever get better to get back in the job market. And you told me to just volunteer as much as I can. Um, and that's what I've done. So now, tomorrow, I have an interview for a very part time job. I wrote in my introductory email where I sent my resume as well as my website portfolio. Um, this is in the arts business. Um, and I said in the email that um, I am limited in my hours, although I didn't go into much detail. So um, I've had chronic, I have had multiple chronic illnesses for about five years. I've worked on and off. I've tried to volunteer as much as possible, um, but I haven't been able to maintain really paid work with, this, with a set schedule. Um, so it's really hard to find an employer that is flexible um, and lately I've been feeling a little better, but I'm limited about to about two to three hours on location, uh, like around other people, or maybe a few more if I can work from home, like let's say in bed or something like that from a laptop. So I just wanted to basically the, the most important question I have is to find out how do I address the interview without making me feel um, 
making it sound like I'm shameful about it, which I'm not because I've come to terms with it. This is who I am at this time. It might change in the future. Um, but also to accept, say that this is how it is and, um, you know, the employer is either willing to be flexible or not, and but do it in a tactful way. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great question, Jen. And um, thank you for giving us a call back on Career Talk, uh, first of all. But secondly, congratulations on your interview tomorrow. We love when you call real time because then we can we can actually practice live on air, which which may not be what you want to do, Jen, but I think it's going to be. Oh, God. <laughs> you're like hanging up click. <laughs> no, no. No. It can, it can only help. It can only help. Right, Mike? Absolutely. Um, so, so a couple of things. So it sounds like you've built up your experience, um, and I, I think there's a couple of things. One, I'm very glad you said what you said about not being shameful because confidence breeds confidence, and everybody has a red flag, Jen. Everybody, whether it's a gap, whether it's you know not the right experience, they don't have a college degree, whatever those things are, you know, yeah, everybody has one. And I think the important thing is is not to lead off with that or not let it over define you. It is it is not um, at all kind of your your brand. I mean, that's that's an aspect that you have to take into consideration. But I think when, when people lead off with that or even start their cover letter or even start the interview and make it bigger than presenting themselves and the value they add to the employer, that's when people start to have problems. So I'm really glad you started off with that. And Mike, I hear you. I hear you um, wanting to jump in. So I'm going to I'm going to toss Absolutely. it to you. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's interesting, first of all, a, a point Don and I were making earlier, first of all, congratulations. I think what you're doing is awesome. Uh, the point Don and I were making earlier is if you walk in there and say, hey, I just want to make sure I understand the, you know, where I can make the most contribution, what's the biggest challenge that I can help with? If you start from that point, all of a sudden it's not a conversation about the limitations you bring. It's a, it's a conversation about how can I help you? And that, that tends to really shift the dialogue. And when you do get down into the, the details, and I consider your, your workability to be simply details, not a negative at all. It's, you know what, I've got other commitments. My timeline on site is about this. I could also do this off-site. Um, I have a very good friend uh, who is the mother of a special needs child, and she has a very similar story to yours. Uh, and she's been able to make this work, but the way she described it is exactly that. I have other commitments, and your commitment oh, is to your health. Okay. Yes, yes, of course. It is. It feels like a full-time job. <laughs> Just, yeah. You know, yeah. making you know, the phone calls, filling out paperwork, and all that stuff. So, yeah. Well, and your energy comes across really well on the phone, which is a good sign. So, you know, if you. Thank yeah, you. if you if you really focus on what do they need, how can I fit in, how can I help, and you know what, here are my, you know, here's some, I have some outside commitments. And that's what, um, uh, that's what my good friend has done and has done beautifully. I mean, she's now five years into working from home 90% of the time. Wow. So, that's yeah. fantastic. And um, Jen, you know, just another thing that I was thinking as Mike was talking, I mean, there are companies, a couple of months ago, we had uh, uh, Greg Hanover from Live Ops on, and this is a company that is, you know, 100% working from home, set your own hours, do you know, as you can. And, and so there are companies out there that also provide these flexible schedules, knowing that, you know, whether it's, you know, Mike, in your case, the child care, or if it's a health issue, or whatever the situation is, um, you don't have transportation, there are uh, great jobs that are challenging and interesting and can be flexible. So, so I don't want you to discount that these opportunities are out there. Yeah, there's a if you literally do side hustle as a search uh, in any you know in Google, what you're going to find is an overwhelmingly cool number of choices. I don't know if TaskRabbit is in Texas or not, but there are there are really the ability to work for yourself on your own schedule has improved dramatically. And, so. and Jen, we want so we so we got to test this out. We got to test this out, Mike. So um, you know, live on air because. We want you to kick butt tomorrow, Jen. So, 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 Mike, you know, I was put your re- recruiter headhunter hat on and, and sure. maybe ask Jen a question about her schedule, and then Jen, you can you can answer using the advice that Mike gave you. So, Jen, you know, now that we kind of understand the role, um, tell me about uh, tell me about your availability. Well, I'm available about two to three hours per day, and also if you need additional hours, I'm available. Friday through Sunday from home. Cool. One one thing you might play around with, and again, I don't want to extend this out uh, too much, but 
how would it be if you said something like, you know, I could do up to half a day on site? I don't um, know if that's pushing or not. It's, I'm, what are your thoughts around that? I feel like a half a day could be four hours, and I think that's, for me, that's a oh, little that too would much. That maxing me out, yeah. Okay, yeah, first, okay. First thing. That was just a, no, I, I think your answer was fine then. I was just more of a curiosity oh, okay. around that, so. I thought, Don, what'd you think? So, yeah, I think the one thing you did that I think a lot of people don't do is, is you said your answer and you stopped and you're done and you didn't feel the need to explain. You didn't feel the need to go on and defend it or anything. And I think that's where a lot of people break down. And that's something we coach all the time is answer the question. And, you know, you don't have to say anything else. Mike asked you a very direct question. <laughs> he didn't ask you why. He didn't ask you, you know, anything else. And so I think you did a really great job of keeping it very contained. Um, so now I'm, I'm I'm curious because I'm going to push it a little bit, Jen. So, so you answered Mike, and now I'm going to say, so you know, two to three hours is is that flexible? Can you do more? And I'm asking you as the interviewer, by the way. So this is we're back to oh. role playing. Um, okay. So um, I have other commitments right now that I I don't know what to say. I guess I have other commitments right now. So two to three hours would really be my max per day. So. Great use of Mike's coaching. I love that. Um, and think about what's going to be most important to the employer, Jen, is that you get the job done, that that they can rely on you. And when I say rely, that could mean that they can rely on you to be very clear about your schedule or to give them notice if you can't make it in a certain day. I mean, that's also reliable behavior. It doesn't mean that you have to show up for 12 hours a day. So I think um, one way you might want to end that statement is, um, and I'm very committed to, and I don't know the exact job, but, and I'm very committed to getting this done and, you know, something that really kind of um, closes the gap for that concern. Yeah. Mike, what do you think? I, great comment. I was just going to jump right in there and say, um, if you were to say, you know, I can be on site for two to three hours, but if a project isn't done and there's a tight timeline on it, I can take it home. Something like oh, that. that's great. Yeah. Okay. In other words, taking what Don just said, the idea is I'm reliable. You know, you can trust that I will be on site. I will be working, you know, I will be working my tush off on site. And when I go home, I'll finish it up if that's needed. And Don's okay, point I'm about reliability. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> good. We hope you're not, we're not, you're not in a car. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in a parking lot. Okay, good. Yeah, you're parked. Yeah. And or driving. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Don't write um, and I drive. I have another question. Um, if, you're, if you're done with this part, I just had an, a follow-up question, um, which is, um, what do I, how do I, I know it's illegal to say, like, what's wrong with you, but you'd be surprised how often that happens, especially even in volunteer positions when I meet, let's say, the executive director who should know better. Um, what do I do in that situation? Because it's really I, I don't know why after so many years, but it still takes me off guard. <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't surprise us, Jen. Not I mean, at all. <laughs> it's, it's sad, but true. <laughs> we hear that a lot. And I just think part of it is that a lot, if you think about it, a lot of people who interview, their day to day job is not recruiting or hiring. And so unfortunately, they're not trained if they're hiring one, two, three people a year. So they don't necessarily know. So I, I like to take the stance of it was not intentional. It's just curiosity or conversation that doesn't make it any less uncomfortable so so great question because it's not just about um, your health but it could be about family and religion and lots of other topics so mike what is it you coach your clients to do when they get these questions I, the, the, the slight uh sound you heard me make was i'm also the guy that teaches the companies how to interview <laughs> you need to a, teach more of the ones jen's going to interview at. and, and there is there is there is a slot yeah, there is a slide in there about i'm sorry jen i didn't mean to cut you off oh sorry uh, there's a slide oh, in there on this whole topic but you know, one of the ways I, I would do it, and I've actually had candidates come back to me, uh, both when I was, you know, on site as, you know, leading recruiting teams and then also coaching, to, that say, you know what, um, the best answer tends to be, you know what, um, not something I normally share, but I can let you know that it doesn't affect my work. Wow. I, I love that. I love that, Mike. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's one of those things where you're not, you know, the desire is to look at them in the face, you know, make a really cutting comment 
and and slice them down to size, but that's not going to get to the job. But yeah, th- that's going to distance you, know? you and they're going to I mean, I and I think when you say it the way that Mike coached you, um Jen, I think what happens is like 95% of the time the person interviewing realizes they've kind of gone into territory yeah. they shouldn't have and they're like, "Oh, okay," and they move on. <laughs> You're giving them a yeah. nice way to get out of the mess. Mm-hmm. Well said. Well said. Well, Jen, was this helpful for you? Yes. Oh, so much. Thank you so much. Well, we have our fingers and toes crossed for you tomorrow. Um, you know, please call us back and let us know how it goes. But we really do appreciate you listening to the show, and we love having follow-up callers. So thank you so much, Jen. Hey. Best of luck. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM, Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Mike Minoski, headhunter for Silicon Valley, who's hired over 1,000 people. So if you've got a question, this is the time to call 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Joe in New York. Joe, welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dawn. Um, I'm, I'm glad I finally got you. Uh, I got some very interesting news I wanted to share with you. Ooh, please share. Um, I- I'm I, I'm an avid listener, almost like a binge listener. Oh wow! Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know I, if we've I'll ever t- been binged before, but I like the well, way that sounds. Well, let me tell you why. Because um, about six months ago, um, I decided that I, I, I'm at my company way too long. So because of your show, I started you know getting myself more active on LinkedIn. I started uh, changing changing my resume up. Um, I tried to get a career coach and a resume coach, but at that point, it's still a little too expensive for me. So I kind of went on different types of websites to just get an idea of, of how to do a, a resume to today's standards. And so with that said, I had a recruiter contact me for my first job interview. Now, I haven't interviewed in 25 years. I've been with the same company. And so she got me a telephone interview, and um, it went so well that they're actually they're I'm, I'm in I'm in New Jersey. They're flying me out to Chicago tomorrow for my second interview, and I'm a little nervous. And and you know I'm I'm all, reading all these blogs about you know what to say, what not to say, um, what kind of questions should I expect, what what I, you know don't talk about money, don't talk about negotiations, about vacation just yet, just you know be excited and. Um, so at this point now, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow at 6 a.m., and I just wanted to give you guys a call, maybe give you some tips. Oh, you picked the right day. You picked the right day, Joe. I'm so excited you called. Well, first off, you got the excitement part down. Check. You, you can, you've worked Absolutely. on that. You've got that. But you've also got a man who's hired 1,000 people for lots of different jobs. So tell us a little bit more about what you're applying to, Joe, so that we can kind of put it in context. Okay. Uh, um, I work for a, um, a copier company. I do repair. But I'm a senior person, and I've been a senior person now for the past um, eight years. But um, the reason why I'm, I'm a little discouraged is because I'm not getting paid senior pay. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I got that information from different like Glassdoor and other various websites, and also from talking to other colleagues in different industries doing what I'm doing. So, so you know, with that said, it's basically uh, it's a service. Um, industry you walk in take care of customers um, fix their problems and then move along okay um, I, I'm, I'm trying to be a little vague because yeah, no, I'm more than understand yeah, that's sure. fine okay so so what is what are like Mike your top two tips for Joe like like no matter what happens make sure you do this or don't do this <laughs> oh it's, it's it's my favorite Joe the biggest thing to do is to check in and what that means is there is this natural desire, and you've got great energy, that you want to tell them everything. You know, I was born in a log cabin, and pop, 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 and, and the, the challenge is you're not sure how they're receiving it as much as you think you can read it. So, I, I, you know, I've written about this all over the place in Forbes and elsewhere about simply checking in, which means give them a, give them a chunk of information. And just in your head, maybe it's one minute, maybe it's two, and then you stop and you go, did that help? Did I answer your question? Mm. So, so that what you're doing is it's a couple things. One is you're making sure they got you. They got the information that you wanted. And the other one is you're kind of giving yourself a break. Mm. 
So, so check sort of, in. Yeah, I like that. Because I, I will say, just a, a tag on to that, Joe, your goal, you've done the phone interview. You, you're, they're flying you out. They like you. So you're at the table. They they know that you've got the basic skills to do the job or else they wouldn't be investing in you like this. So your goal now is to build a relationship. Your goal now is to be like, hey, I'm the guy that you can sit next to you for 40 hours or be in a you know customer meeting with and um, – be likable, be relatable, fit the culture. So remember, part of your goal here is is they know a lot about you. And sure, they need to know more about you, but to make sure that relationship part. And I think, yeah. Mike, that's part of what you're saying. So, okay, that's one. What's the second? I, I think I'm going to play off of what, what Don said. So when you're going through an interview process, and Don laid it out beautifully, there's really only two things going on here. One is, are you competent? And I think they've established there, it's a pretty strong likelihood you're competent for the role. So you want to – the second one is fit. You know, are these people you can have lunch with every day? Are these people that when it's a bad day, you guys are going to be shoulder to shoulder? So instead of walking into this thinking, okay, I've got to perform, that this is – you know, that I'm on stage, I would turn this around and make it very conversational with the idea that you need to assess them on those same elements. Are they competent? In other words, you know, do they really understand what we're going to be doing here? Or are they kind of new and, you know, I'm going to have to carry them? With your level of experience, you've got to take a look at that. The second one is, do I really like these people? You know, are these people I can definitely hang with and, and know that, you know, we're going to have each other's backs? If you walk in with the idea that, that you're not performing, that you're, you're having an honest conversation, that you're checking in with people, and you're assessing them on those two elements, I, that's the structure to walk in with. Yeah, I love that, Joe. And um, you know, you're there. You're there all day. You're meeting with lots of people in the company, I presume. Yes, I am. It's, if they gave me an itinerary, it's going to start at uh, at nine a.m. and it's going to end around like three thirty. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can before tomorrow and you know who you're meeting with, I mean, do a little research on them. Make sure you have specific questions you can ask each. I mean, it's never okay to say I don't have any questions. That's that's not okay. So, you know. Well, yeah, I, I've done my homework already. So I, you I know all that. I researched everyone on LinkedIn. Perfect. I got everyone's names, everyone, what they do, their job title. So I got it all. So I'm, I'm already, that, that step is already in the bag. You're <laughs> so, awesome. So let me ask you a question, Joe. What, what do you want to know about the role and the organization, the people? What are the things that, that are kind of uh, you're not clear on yet or you want to know more about? Um, I've seen pictures of the equipment. Um, okay. I just need to know more of like technical stuff, like how, how am I going to be supported as, uh, and, and, and me supporting them? Okay. And how are they going to be supporting me? Um, some Some service companies just give you a manual and a, and a car and say, okay, go take care of this. And if you have a problem, you're on your own. Okay. Um, l- luckily, the company I'm with does not do that, but I've heard some horror stories. So I, I don't want to be, um, you know, uh, trying to put my best foot forward and then realizing that, um, you know, they're not going to support me. And I'm, sure. I'm going to look like someone that doesn't know what they're doing. Well, and I think, I think what you just said is great. So it, if I were to paraphrase that, one of the key elements that you're trying to come away from this is to understand their service cycle and their support system for field staff. So Joe, I want to, I want to do a kind of live role play. Cause this is a question that you really need to know the answer to is, is why should we hire you over the other guys? So, so Mike, do you want to take the role of recruiter since you are Absolutely. A recruiter. Absolutely. Um, oh, boy. All right. Yeah. You know, you're, you're ready for this, Joe. You're ready. I can feel it. I all can right. feel it. All right. All right. Joe, Joe this is fun. I promise. So, <laughs> for Mike. <laughs> for him, too. And for, no, it's really for Don. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, Joe, given what, you, what you've what you learned about us so far and what you understand currently, um, what what kind of concerns are, uh, do you have or questions about how we operate? Well, I... Uh, I'd like to know that um, you know if, if I'm left out in the, um, in the field working on one of your products, that if I come across a problem that I cannot handle, I need to know if there's a support structure that I can go to and I can contact so I don't leave the customer uh, with an empty feeling. Okay. How often does that happen to you in the past, Joe? It, 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 it does happen when, when some equipment uh, gets damaged due to um, power failures or... Okay. Um, um, uh, customers uh, abusing the equipment, um, now the equipment is inoperable. So if we can't fix it on time, I know that the company now 
basically can't make any money that they can't produce. Right. So I'm there to try and save the day. So I need to know that um, if I'm in a position where I have a situation where we, we can't get the, uh, the equipment operating, um, how can you support me? Okay. Well, let me ask you, let me, so that I can understand better, let me ask you a situation about that. So when has that occurred and what did you do? So basically, well, in, I'm, I'm in, sorry, in the past, in, in, in the past, when, when uh, uh, I'm in a situation like that, usually I have um, uh, usually specialists that I, I can contact or I have um, uh, help desk support that I can also contact. And if I need, if I need a, uh, a part, there's usually a, a local depot that I can either have someone deliver it to me or I can drive to. Okay. And uh, we can get the, the equipment up and running. Okay, so you know now that I've got kind of the framework, what's a, give me a story around that. So, so you want me to tell you something that has happened before? Yeah, I'd like to kind of hear how you how, how I resolved it. Sure. Yeah. Um, there was a situation where um, uh, lightning hit the building and the machine's okay. power supply blew up. Okay. Uh, there was none. There was none on hand. So, uh, after speaking to some help desk. Um, uh, uh, people, they, they recommended that uh, we replace the, 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 the power supply. There was none available. So we ha- I, I took it upon myself to drive to another state, to Pennsylvania, hmm. to pick one up, drive back, put it in. And at that point, I was the hero for the day. Okay. Oh, okay. great language. First off, I love the lightning. You didn't see me, Joe, but I was, I was <laughs> doing lightnings and explosions here. And <laughs> Danielle and Michelle can attest to that. It's true. Um, but, uh, you know, thank you for doing this on air, Mike. Thank you. You're, you're, uh, you're a tough interview. I wouldn't want to interview with you, Mike. <laughs> I'm a nice interview. You are. You're very really nice. appreciate that. But, yeah, but, no, that's exactly why we love to do this on air, Joe, because if you can, if you can get Mike's questions right, you're going to do awesome, um, which I think you did. So let's assess. So, Mike, what, what did Joe do well? Um, so, Joe, I like the story, and I would um, – I would tell this story before I tell the, the details behind it, because I think the story okay. is compelling. It's a compelling story. Mm. The, um, um, there was a little bit in there when you were sort of telling the process, you know, I, I, need, you know, I need a good phone support system. I need you know, depots and that. Um, it, I, I, would be a li- I would be conscious of being needy, if that makes any sense. I see. Uh, yes, makes a lot of sense. You know, in other words, you know, if you think about it, the companies that are going to hire you are the ones that go, okay, he's a senior guy. He's probably seen it all. He probably knows how to resolve 99% of this, and he's going to call in just to get, to get resources. He's not going to need us to walk him through everything. Um, gotcha. And there was a moment or two, and, and it wasn't anything huge, but it was, I was going, hmm. If a senior guy tells me he needs this and this and this, my, my feeling is like, okay, that's I keep an eye on that. I don't want to make that a, okay. a, a massive negative, but you know, it sounds like you know where I'm going with that. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I love that. And and one thing I, I love that you did, Joe, is you, you kept bringing it back to the company, which is such a positive, is you kept bringing it back to, you know, I want to service the customer. I want to make sure that our company stays profitable. And I think those are that's something a lot of people don't do, which was very powerful about your answers. And so I think if you drop the I need this and kind of you know, bring it up, notch up the resourcefulness, and you're doing it because you understand the impact on the bottom line. That that yep. answer itself would be so powerful. And I'm going to throw in a I'm going to throw in a minor tweak that I think is really cool. You didn't you weren't the hero. Your company was the hero. Oh, Ooh. Right, I got you. Ooh, and and great slide word, hero. That, slide that. Yeah, the hero word was terrific. Just you're part of a team, and they're hiring a guy that is going to going to make the team and the company look good. Joe, I'm so excited for you. I have such good good vibes coming your way. I don't know if you can feel it, but the whole Career Talk team and Mike are behind you. Fingers Thank crossed you, for Dawn. you. Thank you. Um, and so please call us and let us know how it goes. But you, you sound like you're you're set. Mike is a tough interview. So if you can. I will call you, Donna. I'm going to call you uh, and let you know how it went, if that's okay. Yeah, that'd be awesome, Joe. We're, we're sending good karma to, uh, to okay, Chicago for you. So <laughs> thank you so much and good luck. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM. We're taking your calls all hour long, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If you want to interview on air or if you don't want to interview on air. Both are fine. You can give us a call. We're here with Mike Minoski. Hey, Mike, where can people reach you? So my website is really tough, Mike Coach. 
Ooh, that's tough. Can you spell that? Com. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Uh, M-I-K-E-C-O-A-C-H.com. <laughs> As it sounds. Actually. Um, and we're going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Okay. Bones found by archaeologists indicate that this animal used to be six foot tall and weigh up to 250 pounds. Think you know? 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Mike Minoski. Who is a Silicon Valley? Wait, wait, what? wait. <laughs> How are you not out of breath, first of all? This is There's true a lot talent. Of dancing going on in the- <laughs> If everybody could have seen Don, Dr. Don Graham <laughs> dancing in the studio to Slim Shady. Oh, my God. That was amazing. My whole life is made. Yeah, that was. A, I wish Dion, Dion's going to be sad he missed that for sure. I, I will say I am a, a big Eminem fan. I think he's got a great career. Yeah, I mean, he's I'm got sure. an awesome career story. <laughs> I'm, picking the, I'm picking the jams. Dion's got to step it up. Yeah, no, he's got a great career story. He's, um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to have him on the show to tell it. I know you would. <laughs> I'm trying to make this happen. So. It's not so easy to reach out to Eminem, apparently. Yeah, probably probably yeah. not. Uh, but I'm telling you guys, next time I'm videotaping Dawn doing her <laughs> dance, this it, is happening. It would be a little embarrassing. That's why I love radio, because you just can't see those things. But <laughs> Now everybody knows. Now everybody knows. I, I obviously need to go do the next show in Philadelphia. Yeah. No, I, well, and in all fairness, I was supposed to be in San Fran doing this show, Mike, so... I know. So next time, next time, you'll get to see my my Slim Shady dance, which is probably pitiful. But (laughs) so Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 111, we're back. And we're taking your calls live, 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. Mike, the Silicon Valley headhunter, is here with us answering all of your career dilemmas. And we're going to go to Steve in Ohio. Steve, welcome to the show. What's your question today? Hi, Don. Hi. So nice to uh, reconnect with you. We've spoken on the phone before, a long time ago. Fabulous. Anyway, yeah. Well, love, love the show. Watch, listen to the car all the time. Well, stuff. We hey. love that. Thank you, Steve. That totally oh, makes our day. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, actually, here's the question for Mike. There's a trend um, in the Midwest where Silicon Valley companies are opening up offices because a lot of people are leaving Silicon Valley to live elsewhere due to the cost of living. So I'm just wondering. Uh, if you have any have any advice for job seekers um, trying to get into those companies in the Midwest, but uh, don't live there. Ah, uh, so so are the Silicon Valley based companies opening offices in the Midwest? Is that is like, that like Facebook, for example, is in Chicago now? Yeah, so, Facebook, Google, um, there there's tons of them. The mm-hmm. you know cost of living, um, the to be frank, trying to relocate people out here is getting to be it's problematic at this point so no um and and are you talking give me a little bit more context around what would be helpful so you want to apply at a facebook or a google or a a major technology company relocating out your way and right and like in the midwest a a larger city from where i'm currently living but i i'm currently not working so usually they look for local talent that is working Mm -hmm. any kind of strategy you can offer well, I think you hit on a couple of things. So you're in, let's say you're in Ohio and you want to work in Chicago. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. Um, so the first, the first thing is it's, it's kind of a universal is um, don't, if you've got the skill sets and, and you know, there's an interest on both sides, don't make it dramatic for me and my team to get you there. So in other words, if you're in Ohio right now, want to move to Chicago, um, have that all worked out ahead of time. So in other words, when you apply and when you're kind of going through the process and they say, how do you feel about, you know, coming out here? The answer is, oh, I've already worked it out. I've got a friend here. I've got family here. So that it becomes a, you know, our boxes are checked. Okay, this is not going to be a big deal. 
That's the first thing is, is don't make logistic, don't get logistics in the way of your job. That makes sense. Yeah. It does. Yeah. So that I'd have that, that first. And you know, there are people that, um, are literally saying, you know what, I'm in the process of relocating. And that's a very common statement. They will even have, again, if it's a friend or if it's a family that they know they can stay with, they can even use, like, say, their Chicago. Uh, they can say, I have a place in Chicago already, and I'm, in the, I'm actively looking in that area. So that's, I think that's probably the first thing. Does and, that help? Yeah, and just to tie that in, I mean, I think anything you can do to um, allay the concerns a company might have about a red flag, so if it's a geography issue or any, anything you can do to kind of close that gap and make it a non-issue is going to be super helpful. Yeah. Uh-huh. And if you're, if you're concerned about culture and about, uh, um, you know, are you going to end up with the, the 75 to 90-hour work weeks that uh, – only some companies here are famous for and are, are really stepping away from that. Uh, a lot of times the reason they're relocating there is not just cost, it's work-life balance. So, you know, I think there's a, there's a really interesting conversation you can learn about what are their expectations on their employees. You know, what, tell me more about, um, as you relocate out here, what you're looking for and what, what makes a successful employee at a Google, at a Facebook or whatever. Um, because I think, and they're very happy to tell you that. They, in matter of fact, they they love people that want to know about the culture and how they can fit in on that culture. Mm-hmm. And like we were talking about Chicago versus. Yeah. Oh yeah, so that's a good question. Is there is the culture different in Chicago, Mike? Absolutely, and, it, and it's it's a good thing. It's what you're finding right now is that a lot of the companies here don't want to be just from here. Um, Facebook. LinkedIn, I, you know, I can keep naming them, are, are, are locating throughout the country, not only for cost, but um, people stay longer if they don't have to move. So retention is better. And the other thing, too, is that it, 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 you don't have this one, one side, you don't have this very singular culture. You have people from Chicago bringing their, you know, their, um, their values, their interests back into the, the overall organization. So I know that sounds a little bit you know, a, a little bit vanilla, but it's very true. The more, the broader the range of people and the broader the locations they are, the better the organization is going to be. And and you can get pretty insulated around here. And I think that's one of the objectives as well. And just to, to close the loop on something you said earlier, Mike, I think um, you getting a referral in, starting to talk to people, getting kind of in front of the decision makers for these companies who get millions, it sounds like, of applications and people knocking at the door, uh, getting that FaceTime in front of them is going to be critical. So uh, should should Steve be looking at people in Chicago who work in these offices? Spot on. And I would ask them, Steve, I think the questions you're asking us are great. They're the questions you should ask them proactively. Okay. Because I think they're great questions. You know, what is the culture? What are your expectations? What what is uh, What's the difference between uh, working for Facebook in Chicago versus working for Facebook in, in the Bay Area? I think those are tremendous questions. And not a lot of people approach, surprisingly, not a lot of people approach um, uh, approach people inside the organization to ask that. And, and to take that into a, an action step, find people that are in roles that you're interested in and ping them, let them know that I'm interested in this. Um, I'm wondering if we could do a quick call around these several questions as I'm, you know, actively pursuing roles there. And very important, invest in them before you ask them to invest in you. What I mean by that is research them if if they've written articles or they have a blog or they are on Twitter or whatever they're doing. I mean, take a look at the information they're putting out there so that that you've spent a little time getting to know them and investing in them first. I think that's really critical and people are much more open. Um, You know, I can give a personal example. It's, it's, It's a much... Uh, easier to say yes when somebody says, "Hey, I've been reading your blogs, or I've been following your show, or I've, you know, I bought your book, and I have some some questions." Versus somebody who just emails me and said, you know, it says none of that. So very, very important. And Steve, you called on the right day. You have the the Silicon Valley expert in studio. So thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. We wish you all the best in your your quest to go to Chicago and, you know, very important information for everybody. Hey, Silicon Valley is spreading. So good to know. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM. We're taking your calls all hour, 844 Wharton. 
844-942-7866. We're on with Mike Minoski, who is the Silicon Valley headhunter to talk to in Terry in Florida. Welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hey, how are you guys doing? Well, how are you? Good. Great, great show. Unfortunately, I haven't been listening a ton. Um, I'm a big sports fan, and because my Cavaliers lost, um, I'm uh, switching over and started listening. But my question is... <laughs> <laughs> it's good to know where I am in the yeah. ranking of, of what's out there. <laughs> <laughs> right, behind Le- right behind LeBron. Actually, that's, that's actually a really good place to be. I'll take it. <laughs> I was questioning, I'm a, I'm a teacher now, a physical education teacher. It was kind of a default type of a career. I was originally in automobile sales, and when the dip happened in the uh, 2006 or seven, my wife kind of said the gap wasn't as big and the amount of money I was making versus teaching, so I got into teaching. And, of course, the industry has came back, and I'm going back into uh, um, uh, the automobile industry, but I'm a little rushed in the area, and I think I've advanced quite a bit since I've been out, and, of course, even just the uh, – yeah, the way you apply to the jobs and how you uh, go about trying to find uh, work is different. But I was curious to know, I had a, I got a good friend that's in the financial business and in the automobile industry, and he's uh, implied me to uh, send him a resume and apply, go through the process. And I was questioning what type of questions or what type of, um, how would I kind of present myself? I was never really in the, in the um, management aspect, but that's the, that's the area I'm going into now. I'm trying to... Uh, Hmm. Uh, go into management, finance management. It's just a, a whole different. If you know the business, it's just a different way of selling, selling the um, mm-hmm. um, the insurances and stuff on the back end in turn. But it's also managing the money of a a huge, huge uh, branch of the dealership. So uh, I was. My question was going into this process. Uh, I have tons of automobile experience, but none in that area. Um, how would I present myself in terms of getting this job and and being comfortable? And, and, and presenting myself and, and have been a novice in the um, in the finance business in terms of uh, the management. Well, we love 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 switchers, Terry. So you're you're in the industry. You're looking to make yes, you're a switcher. You're looking to make a a functional change because you have the automobile industry experience, but you you maybe don't have yeah. the functional experience. So the question is, how do you present yourself? So how do you rebrand yourself, not just in the interview, but on the resume and on your LinkedIn? So so Mike, Absolutely. what what advice do you have for for Terry? I think Terry, you've got a great story, and and you know Don's Don's switching model um, is a perfect perfect way to start with this. Here, you can make this point of you have dealt with chaos for years. You were a PE teacher. <laughs> that brings, I, I, that brings I, I back such chaos, horrible chaos memories. Is the norm. Chaos I, is the norm. And, and so so here's the point. You know, first of all, you have to respond to. It's such a such a massive amount of information and and maintain control in in continued chaotic environments and actually get your lesson plan done for the day. Um, my comment would be how it, if you walked in and said, "Look, you know, I had this many kids. We had to do this many things every day, and I ran this and and dealt with just you know constant change around this." Um, in addition, you know, and plus I'm trying to apply exercise principles and everything else involved in this. Um, I don't think this is a big deal. <laughs> kids. I had to deal with kids. Yeah. A whole <laughs> group of them at once. Do you understand my pain? <laughs> and, 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 you know, the point is, per week. Week. go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. 600 per week is kind of my outline of my of my day when maybe 150 kids per day and all of them lived i mean there you go that that is an accomplishment i also like tapping into your industry experience terry i mean i think one of the things that um you have a very big strength around is you know the industry you know the customers you know the the challenges the obstacles you, you you've probably built contingency plans around that you know it's happening in the market and so i think you can really play that up as a strength and how it can contribute to how you're selling, um, you know, and managing money and, and things of that nature. So, I mean, I think you need to lead with that. And I know you don't have the exact experience, but anything transferable, as Mike is talking about, is going yep. to be to be very helpful for them. But, I mean, your industry knowledge is, is a huge plus. And, and yeah, you know, yeah mm-hmm. to package that up, okay. you know, basically you've got a strong foundation already in the industry. You, you left the industry but built some really good skills in terms of organization, frankly, leadership. 
you know, with 600 yeah. kids a week, you know, building lesson, you know, building lesson plans, dealing with the kids, ad- addressing massive change constantly and chaos, and still to execute on that, the combination of those two makes, to me, would make you really intriguing. Yeah. Yes. Well, good. That sounds, I'm very excited to get back in the industry. I mean, I'm a changer. I mean, I've lived in probably 12 different states. I played college basketball. I used to be a National Park Service ranger, park ranger in wow. multiple around the country. So change is, that's my norm. So it, it, this is not, but I'm a little... I'm a little hasty in this industry because it is a, um, I guess I put monies in front of it because it is a big money industry in terms of sales, in terms of regular jobs. I guess I probably put that as a, as an obstacle, but in terms of the job itself, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable in that, but I realize that there's a lot of um, responsibility involved. I don't know why I have such a... So, Terry, I have one question for you because we're, we're kind of getting towards the end of the show, but do you think you can do this job? Oh, I know I can. Then that's all you need to know. Yeah, confidence absolutely. breeds 100%. confidence. No question about it. Then no question that, about it. Keep that in the back of your mind because that's all you need to know. And the other thing I'm going to tell you is that you have agility. You have adaptability. You have done all these different things. So if you put a few stories about how you've been resourceful and how you've learned things quickly in all of these different roles and how you've exceeded and excelled, then that to me, I'd be like, hire this man. So I'm excited for you. The fact that you know you can do it that that there tells me you are ready you should go for it and um we are completely rooting for you terry thank you so much for giving us a call on career talk i'm so excited for you hey we have to answer the pre-break quiz and we're running out of time so i'm going to do that now bones found by archaeologists indicate that this animal used to be six feet tall and weighed 250 pounds danielle you know i'm coming to you i do okay i'm gonna assume it's a bird i'm gonna randomly go with turkey and imagining a giant monster dinosaur turkey. That's kind of scary. Um, yeah. But, you, you know, you're actually close, and it's good to assume <gasps> it was a bird. My uh, God. Michelle? I was also going with bird, and I'm going to guess a chicken. Ooh, no, it is a bird, but it's not a chicken. Mike, Mike, bring us home. Yeah, I'm, I'm, already, I'm already out of the mix because I was going squirrel. I, 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 I had this image of a squirrel we don't even want to go into. Okay, yeah, I, that's that's scary. Um, okay, so bones found by archaeologists indicate that penguins, penguins wow. used to be 250 pounds and six feet tall 30 million that's years too ago. Much. That's too much. I swear crazy. to you, I almost said penguin. Yeah. I'm so upset. Well, there were apparently tall ones and short ones and all sizes. It's not like the big penguin just shrunk. Um, and Karina, I'm so <laughs> sad you're not here today because this one's for you. Um, so, they, you know, obviously, like, you know, the way the dinosaurs, smaller animals tended to survive, which is why now we have these cute little penguins. But can you imagine, is this not the thing of nightmares to have these six-foot mm. penguins? No, mm. I think they'd be nice. I know. Penguins Michelle, you're so, nice. you're so nice, Michelle. <laughs> Michelle always finds the positive, even in... <laughs> Six foot penguins, which oh, I love that about you, Michelle. So, hey, we have to wrap up. Mike, thank you so much. It's always great to have you on. Learned so much as always. Where can people reach you? MikeCoach.com and uh, the email addresses there and Mike at MikeCoach.com. Would love to hear from people. Mike at MikeCoach.com. So thank you to everybody who is listening and who called. Of course, Michelle and Danielle and all of the old six-foot penguins. Or turkeys. Or turkeys. Definitely not squirrels. That's that's a little terrifying. Um, You've been listening to Career Talk. Hey, if you have an opportunity to check out my new book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success, it's available for pre-order on Amazon.com. So if it changes in your future traditional job search strategies just aren't going to work so you want this book it's what you've been waiting for and i'd love to answer any questions on it if you have them you can always reach out to me on linkedin or twitter at dr don graham you've been listening to career talk on sirius xm and one last shout out for joe and jen who are interviewing tomorrow we have our fingers and toes crossed for you and we look forward to hearing how it goes we'll see you next time 